Welcome to Nico's Market Notes. This is Nicolo Carpaneda, founder and chief economist of Monetaria. Okay, okay, stop. We know Christmas is coming up, but not yet. First, we need to discuss, hopefully, the last eventful week in financial markets of 2022. Remember that in this podcast, we discussed weekly macroeconomic developments and their impact on financial markets. We also discussed the way we manage a macro-driven dynamic investment portfolio here at Monetaria. Very important, remember that this is not financial advice. Do your own research before investing. Okay, great to be back together. Thank you for tuning in to this new episode, which is being recorded on Monday the 19th of December, just before the last week before Christmas holidays. And there's a plot twist in financial markets that we need to revise together, something a bit weird that has happened in the last few days. Following a better than expected US inflation print for November, you will remember a CPI print of 7.1% year on year, which is below the 7.3% expectations of market consensus and below the 7.7% year on year data for October. This was a very good CPI print in relative terms. Well, core central banks, and I mean the Fed and the ECB, have been finally slowing down the pace of rate hikes, meaning that instead of hiking 75 basis points again, as they did recently, they've been hiking only 50 basis points, each one in each region, and only imagine a smiley face when I say that, because it is still a big hike. But they have been also warning financial markets not to underestimate the need for further tightening if needed, or at least higher rates for longer, which is what we said in this podcast or my blog for some time. The issue is that both the Fed and the ECB seem not very happy with the recent, and I mean what has happened between October and early December, asset price recovery meaning good stock and bond markets. As persistent inflation pressures, despite this good US CPI print, remain a possibility. In Europe, in the context of new macro forecasts by the central bank, predicting a short and shallow recession, but persistent and above target inflation into 2025, the ECB has announced larger-than-expected monthly reduction of its QE activity, in other words, quantitative tightening, meaning in practical terms declining purchases of euro 15 billion per month between March and the second quarter of 2023, and the same ECB has remained very hawkish on the need of future interest rates eventually. In the US, the Fed or the Fed dots, which are the expectations of the uh, directors sitting down in the FOMC 
or the executive committee taking decisions on rates has remained such dot plot, as it is called, has remained higher in terms of which interest rate levels are expected in the future versus market expectations, which suggests a more hawkish or a more aggressive tilt required versus what investors expected. Basically, investors have been waiting for a peak in inflation to see a quick interest rate cut to happen at some point in 2023, while central banks last week in the most recent meetings have said that inflation remains dangerous, that interest rates will stay higher for longer, and cuts are absolutely unlikely in 2023. So keeping the tensions on higher rates up versus what investors expected. Instead of waiting for interest rate cuts or a pause to happen soon after very small hikes, we are likely to see new hikes by 50 basis points in the US in both February and eventually March instead of 25 and 25 as previously expected, with terminal rates going well above 5%. And in Europe, where the tone was also very hawkish, we might also have two additional rate hikes at least by 50 basis points each in February and March instead of 25, with terminal rates ending up to 3%. So the scenario that is unfolding for the next few months is quite different than the slowdown and calm over rates that we all expected since the end of September. So if we have new and relatively unexpected, at least according to market valuations, tensions on the monetary side, we've also received last week the latest PMI flash surveys, a bit early versus usual timings and dates, because we are in mid-December, but given the festive seasons, the release of the flash PMIs for a number of countries has been anticipated. And the numbers that we see for the flash PMI composite indices in December, which as many of you know, these are leading indicators that help us to predict the growth in the short term, we see further weakness in the US with an index that below 50 points means economic contraction or recession, and it is falling down again below 44 points, which which is pretty low to be fair, while we have more resilient conditions in Europe with a composite PMI that is moving slightly higher, but still in contraction territory to 48.8 points, which means that there's a slowdown equivalent to an upcoming or ongoing recession in both areas. Now, the recession timings and intensity in both regions remain puzzling for now, remains challenging to uh, explain or to predict. But what we know is that growth is fading.
oh my god i love the music today the audience that the, the some of you that follow me on a weekly basis might have noticed an upgrade in the music i'm doing some experiments give me feedback if you want of course so switching to market developments if until now the narrative was to wait for an inflation peak in markets in europe and in the us to see rate cuts coming up soon in 2023 now the mantra has changed into painful higher rates for longer and concerns about fading growth the narrative has changed and our suspicion on why investors were euphoric for no reasons in october and november versus economic fundamentals was spot on we've been enjoying the bear market rally bringing the level of risk assets in our monetary one portfolio to neutrality but we were not convinced around the fundamental story on this rally saying we have said many times that the rally was not bound to last very very long so we'll discuss about what is happening in markets and in different asset classes but let me start saying something around the big call in 2023 so the big call will be if and when to buy risk assets in a pro-cyclical fashion, meaning for the long term, and how much to hold on to fixed income yields, which we have all said, including market consensus, that it was the good buy, the good assets to buy for this month, if inflation turns out to be persistently high. And you will see in the latest post on www.monetariawith.io slash blog, again, in the latest post, you will see a very insightful chart with a specific answer, which I will try to summarize here. And it links up with something that I put in a couple of blog posts back in the past. Normally, investors should buy the last Fed hike to happen at some point at the beginning of the second quarter of 2023 unless a recession overlaps which is what is shown in the chart on on the on the blog because when we have the last fed hike overlapping with the recession we need to go back basically to the 80s it is then better to sell the last hike so with additional monetary tensions problems with growth Persistent inflation, the euphoria that we have seen in markets in the last couple of months will be misplaced at the beginning of 2023. In general terms, in our monetary one portfolio, where we have been, I think, one week too greedy to trade the likely lower US inflation, which was a good trade for half of the past week, but not for the second half, uh, we bring the overall exposure to risk assets meaning stocks underweight as investors will reckon the lack of supporting fundamental data and we will trade fixed income tactically actually with the exception of the u.s 10-year treasury i am bringing both short dated but also long dated bonds short dated bonds and treasuries into an underweight because i think the fed and ecb will love to see uh, financial conditions which means the performance of a number of key assets and markets going down in the next few days and weeks let's start with our practical revision of all the different asset classes with government bonds 
Government bonds in the US and EU have broadly moved down at the beginning of last week, with the lower than expected inflation date in the US, to then retrace higher on the hawkish statements of the central banks. So we see that everything is connected through the macro dynamics that we have described. And I have posted on my blog a number of charts which are helpful to see the, the quite aggressive movements that have happened throughout the past week. So comparing the two regions, the US and Europe, the hawkishness or the aggressive attitude of the ECB in terms of rising interest rates or keeping them high seems to have been more effective with investors because it pushed investors to sell off the yield on bonds on both the short and the long end, while the softer US data, because of inflation, as we have said, made investors less convinced about the credibility of the Fed claims. And so all the treasuries from 2 to 10 to 30 years have compressed overperforming bonds. In Monetaria, we had a long position on the 10-year bond that didn't work and a long position on the 10-year treasury, which has been better, while the neutral to short on the short end have been working fine. So what to do with fixed income right now? We work with the Monetaria 1 portfolio tactically on a weekly basis. We try to keep some macro themes over the longer term, but we have the flexibility to change things more or less in a strategic way, but on a weekly basis. So fixed income can continue to be a good trade for 2023 because the sensitivity to interest rates, which we defined duration, will protect from the recession that is coming up. But as investors' expectations with the surprises of last week are readjusting to a higher level of interest rates, both in the US and in Europe, we uh, could see a mechanical shift shift upward for both the shorter and mid-range interest rates, which basically would mean in the short term losses on fixed income yields. Some proprietary tools that we have in my Monetaria software, which I'm coding to design an investment vehicle, which will be dynamic, macro-driven, as the Monetaria one with which we are discussing together, and hopefully at some point in 2023 or 2024, will be available with a click as an all-weather investment solution for the investment portfolios of friends and family. So fingers crossed, let's see how we can move forward this project. Uh, we, uh, using these tools that I mentioned, we want to bring all the exposure to fixed income yields to neutral or short, with the exception of 10-year treasuries for this week. So looking at equities, I am not mentioning corporate bonds as I delegate for the ones of you very interested to go on the latest post to see charts and my update on credit and what we do in Monetaria 1 with credit spreads. The equity market run with euphoria since the end of September pricing a somewhat perfect outcome of lower inflation and so lower yields and okay growth is dissolving. So this such la la land scenario, I would say, has been finally and formally challenged by the hawkish central banks in the past week.
The reality is that inflation is moving down but remains high and is persistent around certain categories. And markets have been too happy according to what or which are the desires of the key central banks. US and EU economies remain too strong despite massive rate hikes. So in the past week, the price action after this realization of an excessive optimism versus potential rate cuts in 2023, the price action has been bearish in equities. And the suggestion is that, as I mentioned earlier, this is important to understand that we are transitioning from a market worried about inflation, but inflation was behind peaks, so the worries were coming down, to one that is now worrying about growth slash recession on the back of higher interest rates for longer. So what will come up next at the beginning of 2023 will be a cold shower against the earnings outlook as with the slowing economy, with less savings, slower consumption, companies will sell less, earnings will come down, bringing down valuations, let's say in February, March, at least in stock markets. So I post on, on the blog a couple of charts which show that we have a near record low percentage of small businesses think that it's a good time to expand. So the industrial sentiment and the sentiment in services is pretty downbeat. I also post and I've also seen a number of earnings projections and they are all coming down, meaning that not only stock markets have been stuck with a bearish price action now at the end of 2022, but there are no good news at the beginning of 2023. I post what have been the S&P 500 and stocks 600 for the past five sessions in the last week and we have broadly markets that have done minus 2.2 minus 2.3 percent in our monetary one portfolio we officially close our neutral position that has been probably a stay too long for two or three days more than desires in an ideal world, uh, but now has been brought uh, underweight across several geographies and categories to navigate a potential new bear market now between now and the beginning of 2023. <laughs> A quick note on the US dollar, the positioning on the dollar continues to fade. There's less and less people interested into owning what was a very expensive US dollar and there are increasing positioning or interest or focus on the euro on top of emerging market currencies as well. The falling trend for the dollar can continue, but watch out that we have said in this podcast that the Fed's intention is to tighten further financial conditions which have turned too easy and financial conditions tightening will have to go through a higher US dollar as well. So at this moment in time we remain focused on being long euro cash. Actually we have increased the liquidity to have less exposure to the market for this upcoming week but we have some unhedged positions both in cryptos and in markets which are open on the US dollar and so we keep some risk of US dollar FX movements open, happily open in the portfolio. This is also a good transition to discuss finally about crypto trends.
crypto performance has been mixed as well in the past week, but I would say slightly stronger than what we have seen in equities. The Bitcoin has closed the past week with a 1.2% increase, which was somehow already burned today at the time of recording the, the, the podcast, but the Ethereum underperformed with a mild 0.5% decrease week on week, excluding the end of the weekend. In Monetaria 1, we had a marginally overweight position on the Ethereum, hoping to trade good sentiment for the likely lower US CPI, but it has not been working perfectly for the entirety of the long position. It has been already brought back to an even more marginal overweight. But it is worth noting that the one-month correlation between the Bitcoin and tech stocks or the Nasdaq has remained negative. So the two price actions have nothing to do with each other, meaning that the largest cryptocurrency is not following as closely as it did early in 2022 the macro dynamics that typically apply to stocks. For the ones of you very attentive to technical analysis, which actually works pretty well in the crypto space, the Bitcoin has been able to broke out of the US dollar 17,000 level, reaching a monthly high in the past few days of 18.4K in US dollar terms. But it has faced very strong resistance at those levels, which are equivalent to the 100-day moving average. It moved then down, going below $17,000 at the time of writing. But we are broadly there. It is floating between support and resistance levels. Uh, if you think that we are in the middle of the crypto winter with the FTX disaster, with the lack of faith in centralized platforms, with alarm ring bells around Binance, it is not bad at all anyway. Similarly, the Ethereum broke out a monthly high, which was at US dollar 1.35k, which was last Wednesday, mid through last week, but it has since then retraced most gains and it is below 1.2k now at the time of the podcast. Uh, there are doubts creeping out on the health of the economy, which we discussed, on the very low probability, I would say non-existent at this point, of rate cuts in 2023. And so we are bringing the exposure on both the Ethereum, uh, or only marginally overweight, but we increase, given the negative correlation to stocks, we increase from neutral to marginally overweight the exposure to the Bitcoin. Well done to make it until the end. This is everything I wanted to tell you this week on the podcast. Now, I hope to be able to publish one or two more episodes, eventually looking back at the key trades of the Monetaria One portfolio in 2022, and especially key macro learnings. So stay tuned. But before arriving to the end of the year, I want to put a motivational song to make you feel good for the end, for the very intense end of the year that we all have at work with family gatherings and reunions and travel plans. So stay tuned for the last 30, 60 seconds of the podcast. Thank you again for following and speak with you very soon.
I made you feel better, energized and empowered for another year together with Asset Monetaria. We are full of projects. We are coding our internal software to observe and interpret financial markets instead of having a team of 50 analysts sitting down with us to be able to apply then software algorithms, artificial intelligence and human experience to create one all-weather investment portfolio capable to invest, to shield your assets in case of troubles and attack in case of good market developments. Anyway, stay tuned. Speak with you very soon. Ciao.